Welcome back to Lifestyle of the Broken Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Eric, and I'd like to start by wishing you all a happy new year. I hope you had a great uh, holiday season. We're in 2021. We made it through 2020. I don't know what that really means, if it's that much better yet, but um, there's definitely some light at the end of the tunnel. I can see it. I can definitely see it. So let's stay positive, guys. Give yourself a round of applause for making it through and being you. Um, so in today's episode, we're just going to highlight uh, some of my favorite interviews from last season. I'll do short snippets of each episode, um, some of the ones that you guys really liked and listened to. Um, so yeah, nothing really new this this uh, time, but this will be the first episode for season two. Um, we have some great interviews coming up and also some more content coming some new writing challenges yeah some other things to keep you guys interested and tuning in but in other news let's get started this first interview was my very first interview Um, it still has the highest amount of views to date it's called interview of a fashion rock star uh, with my friend London Bambi. He is a uh, fashion model who has been featured on several um, black owned uh, magazines. He has his own business called Black Balloon 70, which you guys can definitely check out. Um, I have a dope denim jacket that I love from them. Um, Yeah, so he's been featured in two of the podcasts from last season. Um, I'll also play a clip from the second episode with him later. Uh, But yeah, let's jump into this first clip. I hope you guys enjoy it. To date, what would you consider your biggest like highlight in fashion? What is like your biggest your biggest moment? My biggest highlight in fashion, honestly, is me starting my own business. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say I was gonna say some magazine covers because yeah, I've been on a couple of magazine covers. My favorite being Black Owned. Yes. Uh, both uh, both of the covers are always on Black Owned. I've also you know modeled for Burberry. And, you know, uh, like all these other things I, 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 I'm extremely proud of. Yeah. Uh, but when I think of the long haul, what I am proud of is me being one of the few to start a business, go out there and invest money in myself and watch it grow and not, like, quit. You know, yes. it's just something that's like, okay, I know this is going to be due. This money is going to come. I might not see a return immediately, but I can create my vision. I'm proud of this also because right now we're in a cultural shift and we're screaming like Black Lives Matter, you know, uh, and asking for representation. Yeah. I've always done that, but I've always thought that we should be able to create, create our representations as well. Um, 
And so instead of wanting to complain and say, look at me, look at me, um, I just want to create something. So if like you want to look there, look there or say, hey, you know, we, you, you can. Like, I don't yeah. I, I, It's hard. Let me, how can I put this? It's hard. I, I like to be, I love that I built my own table, in other words. I don't like sitting at somebody else's table yes. asking for, like, what I want when I could do it myself. It may take longer because the other table people, let's say, had an advantage. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and I might have to build my table from sticks, you know, and maybe stones. But later on, I get it up to the chrome. You know, yes, I need. When I make money from the sticks and stones, that does that, that stuff. Right now, that's my proudest moment. It's, like, probably still my biggest baby. And when I watch it grow through the good years, through the bad years i am never let down because it's mine yeah oh i, love I don't know how to explain it. it's nothing like having your own like when you get fired with a job obviously i work other jobs i don't feel like i'm fine it's like okay yeah So let me just, I'm going to skip one of the questions for now and I'll jump into that. So explain a little bit more about your business. Like what is your brand about, honey? Okay, my brand right now is is evolving. So right now I'm trying to, I'm finding, I'm trying to find a fine balance where you meet. It's our conceptual brand because you know I love to be an artist and I didn't want to be pigeonholed to fashion. When I was a kid, I always thought when I had my fashion line, it was going to be fashion. I thought it had to be like, couture. let's be real, when... You are in a field that we're in. You think you got to be on fashion week schedule. Um, like, you got to be, you know, to be high quality, it needs to come from a couture house. So it needs to have this, like, established history behind it that's mostly pretty much European, if yeah. we got to be honest about it. And those are the hottest brands people look for. So I had to do a lot of, like, re-educate myself. And I think I always knew I wanted to be surrounded by black because I invested in the money, black um, balloons. So black balloon is supposed to be, it's pretty much our concept brand, but I wanted to have a spirit. My whole goal of black balloon is to introduce people to self-knowledge. So I'm trying to find out how can you conceptualize spirituality in a fashionable way, but not in a disrespectful way, because I don't play with the divine. So right now it's like, okay, know obviously it's not serious but i don't want it to be i don't know so i want to be cool religious but i want you to get it so the one the one shirt i have fuck with me when your chakras are alive and one of my top sellers <laughs> people get me it's yeah. a tank top it's hot it's a simple message i think i found the fun looks cool the way it's up it's a lot of elements that made that really popular yeah. but on top of the aesthetic of it it is it's like okay when you read it it's like oh it's kind of quirky fuck with me and i think people are attracted to vulgarity fuck yeah, but when you yeah. mix that with chakras, something real, and it's like, oh, fuck with me when your chakras are aligned, it says, fuck with me when you are together. Yeah. Because that's where it starts at. And if you like, you know, your energy centers, like your mental, your emotional space, when you're together, you can fuck with me. <laughs> exactly. I'll, I'll do the same. I will fuck with you when my chakras are aligned. Exactly. I'll and keep to myself. Yeah, exactly. You know, and so, like, and that's how they came because I, I believe our clothing is energy. Yeah. Like, what do you say? What like? How can I put it? What do you think? So, not what you put on subconsciously says something about you. Now, there are people in like some cases that are in poverty and that they have to wear what they have. But even 
like those people, I see the way homeless people put themselves together, you know, they make do what they have. I feel like it almost can save a sense of, okay, this is how I feel in some cases. Yeah. Like, sometimes you just have to take what you have. Bro. Yeah. And, you know, I want what it is. Yeah, know? no, but uh, you do I see people that they are less fortunate and they be styling what they can style. Like, it's just about the way you present it. Huh. I've seen homeless people, I was like, damn, I feel bad that I admire your outfit. Yeah, I want that piece. <laughs> like, like, this, this like, you, you don't, and, but it don't matter right now, but, and that's kind of like shallow, but, yeah, and you want money, me telling you, girl, I love yo, you know, the, the way you got this color, you're going to be like, I'm out here trying to survive. Yeah. <laughs> so... Let me go to this one then. So now, who inspires you? Like, name at least one person from your past and then someone current that inspires. Maybe you fashionly or just, like, you mentally, whatever. What inspires me and what's been inspiring me currently is um, my... Um, okay, it's going to sound morbid as well, but it's the truth. Um, it's, like, my family members that passed on. So my mom... My dad, my nephew, I was having a conversation and I was telling somebody that, you know, it's my job to be happy and an honor, to live fully. So I'm inspired to want to approach life and those people that was able to continue. So my the idea for me is living as authentically as I am. I remember one of the things my dad said before he died, it's just like, as long as you're happy and that's been their thing. I feel like if I'm not, and it's not even a weight. I feel like that I, I earn, I, I genuinely feel when you see me that I deserve to be happy. Yeah. When I'm not and there's a conflict in my life, I'm thinking about, okay, how do I get around this for accomplishment? Because the unhappiness, that can't last. So it inspires me to not stay in a depressed state because it, it makes me think I'm letting my parents down. So it's the opposite. It's like, if I'm depressed, then my mom's like, okay, well, like we try to give you this opportunity we want you to be happy no matter what situation you win yeah. but that's important like besides the physicality where you are spiritually is your spirit happy because when you're happy most likely you're at a sort of center of peace sometimes so i think my my happiness um um comes from like you know like literally me being inspired by my past like okay you happiness is a choice and you're gonna wake up I... and you're gonna be choice so because those people cannot go on and live and be happy you have to take that energy as passing up a time i love I that okay. i love yeah. that but honestly like just knowing you that's like the that's the vibe that i get that it's just such a deeper energy that it comes from above it comes from not only you it comes from everything that you encompass throughout your life like, and I boo, I'm telling you from day one, I worshipped you. you know, I, I worshipped you. Like, I tell you, know, like, so, like, my dad was actually born on a plantation. Like, he was a slave, but his parents were sharecroppers, and he left when he was 12. So he was on his own when he was 12. Wow. So he worked his way from the South. Yeah, literally, like, it was an incredible story. One day I was like, I'm going to have to, like, tell it. My, my mother comes from a different background, so it was crazy. She didn't, obviously, he had to come up against a lot of hardships. Yeah. Made it do hardworking man made his money made his way up. Um, so he made his way all the way up to Chicago. And I always, like I said, I feel like I'm inspired by that story because yeah. I took that baton. He had the break, found his foundation there, and I kept the trip up north to New York because yes. I was like, oh my God, when I was a kid, he used to always say, you said you're going to live in New York. And what kept me around for so long in Chicago was the attachment to the people there. I knew yeah. I didn't belong there. It was hard because you don't have any really like family. I mean, I have friends, but no 
family or solid ground. You're like, what am I thinking? Yeah. What am I thinking? But that's moving to New York was the first time I really trusted myself because I realized nothing grow through comfort. So yeah, I'm always inspired uh, by the past, and I always think I, I hold those people close on me. My parents. I love like that. I, I love that. That's that's like the perfect. I. Honestly, I don't know what answer I was expecting. I didn't really expect that, but it really does like it speaks so true to you, and it makes so much sense. Like I love that. Woo! Yes, we love London. Um, we love London so much. We had him on twice, as I said. Um, but. Yes, thank you so much, London, for being such an awesome guest. I'm sure we'll have him on future episodes. Um, You guys seem to love him as much as I do. Um, But our next guests were also a beloved couple. Um, They come from Ohio. Well, they they live in Ohio now, but... Uh, they are a great band known as Honey and Blue. These two are amazing. They can sing, they can play instruments, they write music, they produce their own music. Um, they, they're just so talented, it's unreal. Um, they actually performed for us. So I'm going to let you guys listen to that now. Uh, If you want to hear the full episode, you know where to go. (laughs) But yeah, I figured I'm not going to play my drunken self. Yeah, so if you listen to the whole interview with Honey and Blue, you'll hear me over time get louder and louder because I get drunker and drunker. (laughs) It was happy hour with honey and blue and we were on zoom we all had cocktails and i just i don't know i took it to the next level i also hadn't been drinking um during quarantine so like a couple drinks would get me so damn lit (laughs) so if you listen to the interview you can definitely hear that that's happy hour with honey and blue You guys will hear as this goes along how much better um, I've gotten over the course of creating Lifestyle of the Broken Creative with my audio. (laughs) um, Yeah, so I figured I'd treat you guys to their beautiful music. So here you go. Enjoy. You don't have to, but I'm putting the pressure on you now. Could you sing us a little acapella tune? Give the people a little treat. Which one, which one do you want to hear? Oh my god. Oh my god. Okay, let's do Could That Be You because I want a little moment of both of you. Okay. One second. Okay. Hold on. Oh, I'm so excited. You guys, you better be so excited. This is happening. They're going to do it. <laughs> it's happening. Hold on one second. So I, um, I'll have to have the guitar. Steph has perfect pitch. Perfect. So I do not. It's great. Well, so I can ask her to sing any song, and she's able to sing it in key. Yeah. Just randomly. You'd be like, 
such a great interview i wish i didn't get so drunk so i wasn't screaming the whole time but it's entertaining and they're awesome so maybe we'll have them on again in the future maybe to do like a promotion of one of their new albums i love them so any reason to have them on uh anyway our next guest um, from Interview of a Bearded Queen, Mike, aka So Horny Beaver. Oh my god, this was so much fun. He had just been featured on two Bravo shows, so we talked about that, and those are the clips I'll play for you. But he's just super creative. 
Um, if you want to take a look at his Instagram, I definitely suggest doing so. And his YouTube, he put out some recent um, content at Sahorny Beaver. Um, so definitely check him out. But yeah, this was definitely a fun interview. We talked about the drag community um, and what inspires him uh, when he's doing So Horny. So definitely check out the interview and here you guys go with our next clip. Tell me, do you actually have like an existing relationship with Bravo? Is... Uh, I wish. I... The Bravo thing kind of just fell into my lap. It just happened. And it definitely pays to know people. Yeah. A friend of a friend of a friend of a friend can get you so far yeah. in what you want to do. Yeah. And I've been lucky enough to be able to do that. Um, you know, it just fell on my lap. And then anytime they show Cash Cab or my episode on air, you best believe I'm right there tweeting Andy Cohen. Hey, bitch, give me a night clubhouse. Yes. In that motherfucking clubhouse. I can see you bartending, honey, or something. Yes, I'm a, yes. I'm a bartender, too, so I can do it all. Come on, Andy. So let me ask you, speaking of Cash Cab, I was, I was jealous to begin with because I've watched that show from, like, the first ever seasons when that shit first came out, and I was always like, oh, my God, I hope I get in that cab one day. But, um... <laughs> The real truth is, like, I don't even know that I would be able to answer any of the questions. Like, I probably would get kicked out after, like, the first three questions, because it's, what, three strikes, you're out. But, um, Ben Bailey, that's who I want to meet. And I want to know, is he as cute in person as he is on Cash Cap? Girl, first, let me tell you, those questions in that cab are no joke. They are so hard. (laughs) I was lucky. If I was in there by myself, I would have been kicked out in two minutes. But luckily, the other drag queens I was with, I only answered like two questions. They knew everything else. It was the most random questions I've ever heard of my life. Um, but yeah, definitely Ben Bailey was so cute and probably the nicest like celebrity I ever met. Like yeah. after we would we would cut or or whatever was happening, he would talk to us. He actually referred to us as girls and ladies yeah. instead of, you know, being a jerk and being like, oh, these guys, you know? Yeah. He was like, hey, ladies, first question. Yeah. Uh, but I specifically remember the moment I sat in my seat, closed the door, I turned and looked at the driver, and I could tell it was him. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, holy shit. And I turned around, and I was like, oh, my God. This is and the lights went off and I was like, we're on cash cap. <laughs> yes. Ding 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 ding. Oh, that's so exciting. That is so exciting. That was it, it was, was really good too. You guys did make it really far. Um Yeah, we had we we got kicked out on the last question. Yeah. We yes. were around the corner from our destination. Duplex. Duplex. You guys were going to perform, right? Mm-hmm. We're on our way to the duplex for How the show. crazy is that? You're on Cash Cab and you're going to perform at Duplex. Like, that was a night. That was a night. Oh, that was probably, hands down, one of my favorite days ever uh, living in New York City. Oh, I love that. So, um, 
Have you ever tried a Tangelo? <laughs> I still don't even know what it is. I, it's like a grapefruit mixed with something. Um, so when I looked it up, it said it's like some kind of citrus hybrid. But um, they said like it could be a tangerine and a grapefruit and or it could be like a mandarin and something else that I've never heard of. I was like, what the hell is this exotic thing? You can't find that at shop, right? No, I'm not a fan of uh, grapefruit, so I probably wouldn't try it. <laughs> and for anybody listening, this was one of the questions I got wrong on the hashtag. <laughs> oh my gosh. But when they said and it, I was like, what the hell is a tangelo? Oh my the God. most embarrassing question we got wrong was the Ruth Bader Ginsburg question. No, honey, because I had no idea either. I was like, it is Ruth. It is Ruth. <laughs> So I saw your post the other day, and I see that Sohorny is going to be on The Real Housewives of New York. Yes, what? another Bravo gig, Annie. Yes. <laughs> That's right, Andy. <gasps> Write those checks, Andy. <laughs> yeah, another, let me have another non-paid <laughs> Bravo gig. Well, listen, so horny needs to be seen. So yeah, boy. I'm willing to be non-paid. That's a big thing, honey. That is big. Like, let me tell you, I mentioned this to one of my girlfriends, and she's like, bitch, does this mean we're getting closer to being Bravo liberties? I was like, I don't know, but we'll talk after the interview. <laughs> <laughs> but what we really want to know, honey, is the scoop, girl. What went down at that little gathering who did you meet who did you avoid who did you hook up with <laughs> i'm gonna be transparent and say that i've never really watched the real housewives so Me i didn't either. Really know anything i didn't know anything <laughs> about it i mean i knew what it, like, the premise of it was and some of the characters yeah like dorinda i knew because yeah. she's all over in memes and everything yeah. um, um but apparently i guess the last episode of every season they have a party and for the season that's airing right now season 12 uh sonia uh, was throwing a christmas party and they wanted drag queens to be at this party so that's when a producer's friend of a friend knew my friend so we got the notice and and me and my house we were like we're there yeah 100% we are there yeah um wait and what's the name of your house i'm sorry the house of Giselle, which Giselle, of course, she's the drag mother. Yes. 
she kind of she's the one that um has done drag in the past and like was, gave us a lot of tips and tricks and had makeup and everything yeah she usually organizes all the shows at the duplex so she's she's great yeah. um back to real housewives as soon as we walked in we were <clears throat> greeted by sonia and there's cameras in our faces <laughs> like they didn't give us like any warning they were, it was just we were just thrust into it cameras and there's cameras on the ceiling and they just gave us a bunch of ton of free liquor yeah. open bar completely um by these gorgeous men who were all shirtless oh. Oh. they were so hot it was unbelievable um we played a little bingo we mingled um a great moment that happens and i hope it gets to make it to air um is they moved the dj booth so there was a stage so i i wanted to serve some stuff yeah because you, you know how i am with the camera yeah. like we got we got to do something <laughs> so i grabbed some of the girls from my party and one of the housewives and brought them on stage yeah and all the housewives came on stage and we all had like a dance off yeah like, for, for a good 10 15 minutes oh they have and to. then they have to it's a clip they show in the previews for the season and everything so I, i'm hoping they use it but later on the producer thanked me for that because earlier she was like you guys should drink a little more <laughs> pushing us to drink i guess they wanted to like get people going they want the girls to I, fight the queens okay yeah, so, so i got the party going a little bit which i was very happy about but yeah. as you know, with anything on television, who knows? Maybe they're going to show some point of view for two seconds. Yeah. Maybe I'll be in longer. Yeah. Um, but there was a fight that broke out during the party, but I will not divulge with who. No. Uh, uh, but it, was, it was during the game of bingo. And so Horny Beaver was front and present for it. So I'm, I'm hoping I can spare time for that. See, that's the only time I really ever want to be an extra is like on one of those reality shows where you see the people at the restaurant sitting in the background. I want to be one of those people. I want to be at the yes. restaurant when the girls are throwing drinks at each other. That's yes. so entertaining. Well, Live entertainment. One of the housewives was on the stage and the other housewife was standing in front of me. Uh-huh. And she starts arguing. They start arguing. So I'm right behind her. Oh my god! So my dumbass is also really drunk. <laughs> so I start making. I have these reaction faces. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I swear to God, I better be on TV for that. Yes, bitch. I will make you a meme. I will make you a meme. <laughs> That's my goal. I just want. I want someone to put me in a gym and beat me or something. <laughs> I got you, boo. I got you. As soon as it airs, I'm going to be watching and I'm going to pick the best one. I got you. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! Yay, so horny. (laughs) Oh, I love that bitch. (laughs) So, um, our next guests um, discuss the future of fashion. And I figure I'd play like the clips that they're giving some tips to us about what they think are some staple pieces to have and um, some of where they see the the future of fashion going. But yes, this clip will include our fave London and 
um, a new guest, Namdi. Uh, I actually really enjoyed speaking with him. Um, he's like a super chill dude. We had an awesome connection. We really vibed. We've been continuing speaking since the interview. Like, I, I wish him much success. He's a stylist out in London. And as you know, London is a fashion designer, a model, just an all around fashion guru. Um, so yeah, I thought they would be great to give us some tips about styling and you know, what to look forward to in the future of fashion. So here you go, guys. I hope you enjoy this next clip. So then what are your favorite places to shop at the moment? Oh, that's a very good question. So, um, as, as funny enough today, I was kind of going through my ASOS Save basket. So, yeah. ASOS has always been a very go, um, a go-to for me. Um, it's only because it houses a lot of different brands that I'm passionate about, that I love, that I wear pretty much every day. Uh, one of them I'm wearing now, um, Reclaim Vintage. So, ASOS is definitely up there for me in terms of online shopping. Um, other stores that I shop at are Zara, uh, Uniqlo, Topman, uh, H&M, the kind of usual goes to uh, for menswear, but I am a fan of vintage wear as well, so I'm not a stranger to uh, a vintage sale, going down to Shoreditch in East London, looking around, see if I can get anything from a thrift shop, so that kind of vibe, um, that's for me really. Yeah, I, see, I like doing that too because I like sort of having a few pieces that you don't really see anyone else rocking anywhere, but it still has that timeless look where you could um, still exactly. look like a modern man, but it's still also classic. Yeah, you have a little twist to it as well. I think um, you, you'll find me probably wear like some type of vintage bomber with some smart trousers and then finish off with some clean white trainers. And I think that's kind of what I like to kind of aspire to is to mix and match. Like, I'm not really too matchy-matchy when it comes to brands. Yeah. Um, I'm not a particular fan of being a walking billboard. Yeah. So I'm more kind of leaning towards kind of adapting, changing and chopping um, different outfits. Of course, I wanted to complement each other. But um, yeah, I think it's, it's always great to kind of form your own style. You don't want to be too uniform or look like you're just kind of copying the next person you just want to kind of adapt your own thing really yeah i, I hear that I, I have a little bit of issue with copying because i don't have the greatest <laughs> of style but i look to a lot of people you included i definitely look at your piece and i'm like man how did he style this so <laughs> i don't know if i do it justice but i try <laughs> Like everyone's got their own thing. I, I think yeah. the saying that I lean towards is fashion is what you buy and style is how you wear it. Yeah. So what that simply means is, look, you can go to the, the big fashion house like Gucci, Louis Vuitton, and you can buy all of those. But if you can't put those outfits together yeah. and make it for you, individual, as a person, then you're going to struggle. But everyone's got their own thing. Um, so that's why I lean more towards the style aspect than fashion um, in terms of that area. Yeah, it's more personal, I think. Exactly, yeah. So, um, what is a timeless piece that you think every person's wardrobe should include? Ooh, that's a very good question. Do you know what? Uh, a denim jacket. A 
denim jacket is just the must. You, just, you, you can just wear it any time of the year. Um, I know most people will probably lean towards kind of autumn, fall, winter time to wear it, but I can wear it in the summer. If you wear like a light layer underneath, or you can wear it during spring. Um, so yeah, a denim jacket, I have about three. So I have a, a light blue kind of washed down jacket, and a black one, um, and also a green one as well, which is kind of like a camo style. So I've got a couple of good styles to lean towards. Um, my best advice is if you are getting a denim jacket, to so start off with the, the uh, kind of usual colours, like black and blue, yeah. and then work out for around those. But yeah, denim jacket is an absolute must in every uh, menswear or women's wear wardrobe. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I have a few myself, so. Um, so then, what styles are you seeing on trend right now? Oh, so I'll say right now, uh, for myself, what I'm seeing is a lot of oversized bits. So I feel like oversized is very out there uh, at the moment. Everyone's kind of wearing uh, your kind of like baggier trousers, uh, your t-shirts are a lot more oversized. Um, and everything's just bigger because bigger is better. Um, so everyone's leaning more towards kind of oversized. Um, I've seen a lot of uh, kind of like uh, khaki, kind of like washed neutral colours. That's making a comeback as well. So you have beige, your khaki greens, your browns. They all kind of come back in some more like earthly tones. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if that's a seasonal thing, but um, that's something I've been seeing recently. So I kind of oversized the neutral tones. Yeah. And then, so for 2021, where do you see fashion going? Fashion going. I think there's um what I like about the industry at the moment is there's a lot of individuals out there. Um, I think historically a lot of people were trying to kind of uh, copy or imitate their favourite designers, their favourite um, kind of retail stores, etc. But I think right now everyone's kind of being really different, really out there, pushing the boundaries and like just thinking outside the box. I know it sounds really cliche saying those phrases, but from what I've seen on Instagram or on sites and publications, I think a lot of people are empowering themselves to create their styles as they're not looking to other people as much. Of course, you have your influences, but in terms of kind of creating something for themselves, I think that's really important. So I think next year, in terms of or where fashion is going, it's going to be a lot more individualistic. Um, you're going to see a lot of crazy stuff out there, yeah. but I'm sure over time most people would, would adapt it, would adopt it, um, and make it their own, really. So that's kind of where I think it's going. Millions of pounds of clothing that we just dumped that don't even get donated. So it's just sitting there in some landfill, and you know, a lot of these pieces don't decompose. Yeah, and so, see, that's crazy to me. I, I'm sorry, go ahead, Boo. No, 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 I'm just saying it's just add to the waste yeah. uh, of the world. And I was like, really, really shocked. I'm like, wow, so, you know, when you throw away these clothes, it's like a place that they go. Yeah, you know, and there's so many people out there that don't have even clothes just to keep them warm or anything. So why yeah. would you? It's... Well, yeah, yeah, and I, I, I get it. I think you could donate as much as you possibly can. Um, and even when you think about the Salvation Army, I go there. If you don't buy these clothes, um, they can't keep them. They have to return their inventory as well. So yeah. what do they do? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so it's like, I just want to make sure that, you know, I don't, I, I do my job and uh, keep it by my footprint clean. Yeah. I'm on the earth, we do as much as we can, so I try to shop my own closet, I try to shop recycle clothes, uh, and I'm, I'm actually finding joy in it, like I said, you can find those unique pieces. Yeah, definitely. 
Definitely. So, what styles are you seeing on trend right now? Styles, styles that I'm seeing on trend. Okay, besides, besides the recycle, the um, sustainability of clothes, um, I have noticed, and maybe it's just because I've been in the industry so long, don't change, like, a sweater, a big oversized sweater, yeah. and just... Uh, the color is the style, like maybe hot pink and lavender one season, uh, and then you know, if it's back to black being uh, a color, all black, yeah. you know, so it depends on that. But the shape always stays the same, um, it's just the material I feel that it's like really, really going out there, just like changing the game, yeah, definitely. And, um, so then. Speaking of that, see, seeing how fashion does sort of overturn every couple seasons, like yes. what timeless piece do you think every person should have? This is such a hard question. I have so many answers. But just please, I can give you a bit. But I'm going to say, you know, my leather jacket. It is. It's the black classic Fonzie grease leather jacket is my favorite piece of all time because you can wear it year in year out i wear it in the summertime i wear it in the winter time with a sweater underneath as a coat i think you could dress it up i think you could dress it down throw it over like a beaded dress at the Met gala it look really really chic or you could throw it over a button up shirt you know with yeah. some you know dockers on the steel but cool you gonna wear it with shorts i think a leather jacket can take you Oh, in life, uh, it's one of the, it's one of my, um, I would say three essential pieces. Yeah, I think people should all uh, have in their wardrobe. But it's that one style, it's that classic one with the collar, the buttons, and the silver zippers. Um, and silver zippers, I like maybe you know, the red lining is my favorite. You don't have to be, but the red lining. Um, that's is the most plastic piece you could ever have in your wardrobe. London, Namdi, yes, such great interviews. I love those two. So um, next, we have a really exceptional guest. Like he was so inspiring. He's so young and so hardworking and dedicated. Um, this interview was called "Dancing to His Own Beat" with Daniel Padierna. Um, he is a professor of modern dance. He um, choreographs as well as dances um, in his own company. Uh, well, his own soon-to-be company. Right now, it is a project, the Pajerna Dance Project. But he does so much, and he's so dedicated to his craft. I had to have him on the show and it is such a powerful interview. He is just, you know, surpassed so much in so such a short time. So definitely check out the full interview, but um, I'll play a short clip of it for you guys. I hope you enjoy this. I know I did. Once again, thank you, Daniel. And yeah, here you go, guys. Here's the next clip. What I love about my job is that I play multiple roles. I have different hats I wear every day. Um, so in my title, I obviously I, I do a lot of a modern dance. I teach all the levels of modern uh, dance and contemporary dance styles. Um, I'm also teaching jazz styles as well, which is really, really fun and interesting for me. 
um, just gives a little twist up to what my normal grind is. Um, I'm also, I also do a lot of seminar courses which prepare the junior and senior students for um, preparing their electronic portfolios, so like getting their websites ready, getting their um, resumes ready, their uh, video reels ready, things like that just to prepare them besides the dance aspect of it or the physical aspect of it. Um, so getting their materials ready for them to audition or um, uh, go out and apply for jobs and things like that. So um, that's one of the things that I really look forward to doing with them too. Wow, so you really do get like a hands-on experience with these students. Yes, and I also, I'm also an advisor. So, I, so not only am I teaching dance and like, teaching people how to make resumes and I'm also like helping them with their classes and figuring out their schedules and I'm the I'm the advisor for all the freshmen this year so imagine all that wow. <laughs> so I have to teach them how to like I have to teach them how to register for classes too so it's a it's a full plate of things but I, I love what I do so that is so great congratulations on getting this position that is so inspiring um, thank so you very much what is actually required from your students throughout the curriculum I mean, a big aspect is the physical side. I mean, they have to be ready to physically be ready and present in class. Um, being a dance major is very physically demanding, so they need to be well rested. They need to come to class early and stretch and warm up, ready to go. Um, and they need to be present. That's all I ask. You know, I never ask for a perfect, you know, physical mover. I know we all have our limitations and things like that, but I ask for my students to be present and ready to go in class. Um, and it's not only the dancing for me, I also like to have a writing component as well. Um, so normally that'll consist of a journal entry or um, something that I'm doing more recently now is filming them in class. And what they'll do is they'll upload the videos of themselves performing and actually reflect on a visual um, reflection of themselves and they're able to share with the class on things that they liked, things that they didn't like, and things that they want to work on. And they're also able to see their other classmates' videos as well. So they'll comment on those and get some ideas as well. And I've actually been seeing a lot of improvements from that because it's not just, you know, writing a normal journal. It's actually seeing a, a physical piece of material that of themselves and they're able to reflect on that which is really really cool about you know our modern day so yeah and it's that reminds me of like when you see like sports teams look back at their plays and stuff like that they're right. able to like tweak things that, that's very innovative i like that a lot um, yeah have you always wanted to be an educator um i think secretly yes i've always just had that innate ability um, I remember when I was younger, I would always do uh, tutorial videos of like different things, like how to make a cake or how to do, and I just, it just it just became one of those things where like I always wanted to teach somebody something, and I didn't know if it was gonna be dance until you know when I was much older, but um, I just have a love for dance, I have a love for education, and it just so happened that both of them meshed very well together. Um, and that's why I went to uh, I went to Montclair State University in Montclair, New Jersey, for um, my dance degree in dance education there. Um, and that's where I really started building my foundations or my educational philosophy of what I love to do. Um, and also, I also had really great teachers in my life um, that really just inspired me to go for education because they really uplifted me during one of my most pivotal moments of my life and um i want to be able to do the same for other people Woo! daniel yay 
that was so good i love him um so yes like i said guys definitely check out that podcast episode to be honest check out all the podcast episodes if you haven't already such an awesome moment for lifestyle of the broken creative he is such a creative he's very successful um in his lane um he is a fashion designer he's been featured in british vogue several times Uh, he has been featured uh during paris fashion week and um you may have seen him on bravo's project runway Yes, I'm talking about Delvin McRae. Woo, Delvin! Yes, he was awesome. He is such a nice person. We had such a great conversation. Um, So I figured I'd just share a clip of the moments we were discussing Project Runway. Um, I definitely enjoyed his season. There were a lot of great people on there. Um... So I really appreciated him taking the time to meet with us. We had some serious discussions as well. So uh, definitely check out the interview. It was really, really good. I really enjoyed it. And I think you will as well. So here you go, guys. Here's the clip of Passion for Fashion with Delvin McRae. I'm like hardcore Project Runway. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> And you were on season 18. You were one of uh, 16 selected out of like probably a thousand applicants. Um, so yeah. what was the process of getting on the show like? So I actually applied for the previous season. No, I think two seasons ago. Okay. And it was season 16. They didn't even bother to open my application. <laughs> so I was like, you know, what? I'm done with this. And then I... Um, I decided to apply because someone brought the idea to me and I thought about it and I'm like, it's been two years and comparing the me today to the me two years ago, I would have not been cut out this show at all. Like I didn't have all the technical pattern drafting and draping as quickly and like a a thorough understanding. So I was like, you know, maybe it's like it was meant for that not to happen so that I can actually put forth, you know, a good fight. Yeah. When he had the plan, I was like, okay, I'm, I'll just do it. You know, answer these hundred questions and record all these damn videos okay. and send it out. And, you know, nothing's going to happen. I'll just, you know, do that. And then I got an email. And then I got a call. And then another email. Then I got a flight. And then I got another call. And I'm just like, okay. And next thing you know, like, you were selected to me on the... I was like, are you serious? Like, <laughs> this isn't a joke, but it was, um... It, was, it wasn't painful, um... It was just like a extended interview, in my opinion. So yeah. uh, the application process was the easy part. It was everything else after that. That fucking grinding my gears, but <laughs> you know. Yeah, I can't imagine. Like, I don't even know how y'all be doing it. Like, I'm not even. I don't even think I'm the stylish person. Uh, but just to even like have to come up with an idea like that on the fly is. I can't imagine it being easy. Um. But I I really gravitated towards you, not only because your high fashion looks, but also your realness on the show. 
not everything was bubbly and upbeat and being in a stressful competition like that um i want to know like who really pushed your buttons throughout that time Okay, so I guess I'll just put it out there because this hasn't been something that I've been able to or anyone has actually like really tried to dig in. So the cast as a whole, collectively, yeah, cool. They were cool. Everybody got along until he was showing out for the camera, trying to get a little attention, doing this and doing that. So um, I had a really tough time. Um, with Sergio, if you recall one episode where he interrupted when I was helping uh, Chelsea yeah. with a uh, question on like the structure thing. And it was just, you know, in the time, like while we were filming or whatever, I was just like, I just didn't understand. Yeah. I really didn't get it. And I, it, the things that the types of conversations we would have and the things that he would say. And then um, we sat down, we talked, like we, we've, you know, talked to these things. And I realized that because I'm a, I'm a big person on the intent behind the action. Yeah. So it's, you know, if you wanted to help me with something and then when you, you know, came to help me, you messed something up, like a painting or something, you fucked up my painting. Yeah. You were trying to be vindictive about it. You were genuinely trying to help. So, you know, all will be well, but it was intentions to fuck something up from the get go. Yeah. So he, Sergio does not have bad intentions. It's just, Sometimes it's some verbal vomit that just comes out, and you know he doesn't mean any harm by it. He's a nice guy, you know, at his core. So I've uh, I'm open-minded enough, so that wasn't a a serious issue. But um, I guess everyone the show tried to make it seem like I had a problem with Nancy, where I was picking on her, (laughs) and that when I tell you, like I'm literally the same way now how I am when the cameras run, like. The lights, camera, it really doesn't mean anything yeah. to me. A lot of people, it's like their world, but yeah. I don't I don't give a shit about it. But when you're trying to make my character seem something other than what it actually is, that's when I'm a little irritated. And then you have the fans, and you have the comments, and yeah. people, you know, chiming in on a bad edit or something that was chopped and screwed. And I'm just like, are y'all really buying into this? But they didn't reveal like stuff that happened behind closed doors like when cameras weren't rolling but um i distanced myself uh because i I noticed some things that she did um that really rubbed me the wrong way and she doesn't even know that i know and i'm not like it's just it is what it is but i let people talk it's not in my hands but i just i gravitate to people that are genuine and real yeah so if you put on a facade we're not gonna rock too hard at all yeah no, I, I definitely felt that, like, I know everything is just clips of just pieces of the story, so it's not, you're not getting the full thing, but, um, no, I could definitely tell from your vibe, like, you weren't really about the drama. I'm not really one to watch these shows because of drama. I really just like it because of the creativity, so that sort of irks me when people are just, like, trying to be extra and cause issues, so I'll be honest, watching it, I couldn't stand Sergio. But, you know, hearing that, you know, not everyone is portrayed exactly, you know, as they are, I, I definitely understand that. So I'll give him his respect. But, um, <laughs> he, he got, got 
some heat, like some major serious heat, and I'm just like, oh my god, no. <laughs> But I mean, I, I can't do anything about that. Yeah. That's not me. You know, it's for the entertainment too. So I, I guess that's that is what it is. But um, so let's yeah. let's jump out of the drama. Um, so in like the second challenge, you have one of the top three looks for your feather print coat. Uh, and then uh-huh. Elaine Welthroth said to you, "This is the only animal print I need in my closet." And for people who don't know, she's a huge magazine editor and journalist, one of the second African-American persons to actually hold editor-in-chief for Teen Vogue. So what was that moment like for you? It was, you know how you have that moment where it's like, damn, I'm I'm actually doing the right thing. I'm on the right path. When those judges gave me those critiques and... You know, some of the stuff that they said that wasn't even aired, um, I was often compared to, like, big wig designers. Like, that look specifically, Brandon was like, oh, it's very reminiscent of Gucci. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you know, I got some tape. <laughs> so that's what I'm thinking in my head, and uh, I take it as a compliment. So, yeah, definitely. you know, they, they acknowledged my tailor, which is, I put it out there. Like, I had small little details, like French text that held the two layers by the button opening together and when he threw up the finger down it and she looked at it and she looked up at me and we just nodded she I was like yeah she saw you know exactly oh you came to win today absolutely absolutely given I didn't but I didn't even care like I wanted no. to show and kind of show myself as well through the acceptance of others or people that was viewing it that I knew how to sew yeah. very well like I was great at constructing and that's what I sought out to do that's what I accomplished winning the challenge I won that challenge in my head to me I won it for myself I I don't really care about you know actually on the show winning this challenge because I won so yeah honestly you gotta take your wins and getting feedback from people that are so influential in fashion like that about you know something that you constructed in less than 24 hours that's fucking amazing like because I yes. doubt they're, they're even looking at other brands that are creating something in 24 hours. Other big brands are, you know, taking their time to make these things. So that is a win. Um, now, like, who influenced you the most from your season? Like, whether it's a judge or a contestant, did you find people influencing you going uh, forward out of it? influenced me a lot and he gave me the most I, I would say that his um feedback was the most helpful yeah he helped me clearly see what my lane was as a designer and just let me know that it's okay to stick to what you know don't try to jump outside the box be good at what you're good at and stick to it because that's what um people will know you for and you know looking at his brand he literally does the same thing yeah so i'm just like oh oh, it makes sense and he's like you know him and nina they pointed out that because i hate color like i'm so afraid of color and now i'm diving into it through the experience because you know he was like your top two looks has been when you use colors and prints yeah and i was like you know what you're right so maybe it's you know he's like don't be afraid of it nina's like yeah, she looked at me. She didn't really say much, but she was just like, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay. So this is the thing. I'm gonna, 
stick to my fucking tailor, mm-hmm. and I'm going to play with some color, but yeah. I'm going to do it in the way that makes me comfortable, yeah. which actually ends up, it ended up being, you know, a really good addition to my, like, aesthetic. Yeah. So moving forward, I felt like I unlocked the gates of, I, I, I feel, often felt like a creative block, which I know a lot of people do. Yeah. And then knowing that designers do not find their voice till years later. And now that I think about it, I found mine four years later after I graduated college. Yeah. So throughout college, trying to figure it out, 2013, so I'm almost at 10 years. Yeah. So technically speaking, it takes a long damn time, but when you get there, it's like, it just flows like water. So it was, yeah, that was the most helpful, definitely. That's great. So you definitely feel like you evolved from the show then? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what's up. And it was getting, receiving uh, credible feedback from people that actually know what they're talking about. I love critiques. Like, I love them. Um, when I was in college, like, they, they tore our ass apart. Like, it wasn't nice at all. So I haven't gotten critiqued in four years. Yeah. So, well, well now, well, three at the time, but ultimately four years. So yeah. I was like, this is what I needed because I haven't had no one to tell me anything, give me any feedback, so. Yeah, that's not good when you're just listening to like, yes, people, because then you get complacent and who knows if their opinion is what the majority is actually thinking. So exactly. I, I understand that. Um, so last Project Runway question. Uh, if you were asked to be on a future season of Project Runway All-Stars, would you consider it? <laughs> Hell yeah, I'm going. I'm going. Like, and it's, I'm coming for blood. Yeah. I'm coming for blood. Yeah. So it's, it, yeah, that, I would not, unless they want to have some good competition, yeah. don't call my phone. Please don't. <laughs> because I, I, I tell you, I, I'm so ready for something. Woo! Thank you, Delvin. Yay. Guys, that was such a great interview. Like, he was such a great person. Um, very kind for him to take the time that he did to do the interview with me. I really appreciate that. He's so successful. I know we're going to see great things from him. Um, definitely tune into Passion for Fashion so you can hear the full interview. Um, you know where to find it. So, so let's jump into this next audio. This is the episode called Created in History, December edition. <laughs> And there's definitely going to be a January edition, so look out for that. But yeah, I just thought I'd throw in the clip just because this is also one that you guys seem to really like. Um, I've been doing it, I believe, since October is when it started. So yeah, there were a few months that I didn't think of this episode, um, but it's fun. So I hope you guys enjoy this clip. Here you go. <laughs> this is created in history, December edition. In this segment, you will hear about creatives and creations created throughout the month of December. 
Shall we begin? December 1st, 1940. The birth date of comedian Richard Pryor. Not only is he one of my all-time favorites because of his humor, but according to his late wife, he also made love with many men and women in the 70s, including the classic hunk Marlon Brando. Will someone please leak that sex tape already? December 2nd, 1946. Fashion designer Gianni Versace was born. Later sharing his birthday with Britney Spears, who was born December 2nd, 1981. Rumor has it Versace designed Britney's very first straight jacket. Okay, I know that was a bad joke. Mental health is no laughing matter. Hashtag free Britney. December 4th, 1969. Greg Knoll, a surfer dude, catches a gnarly 65-foot wave. Cower bonkers. December 5th. Easily regarded as the best day in history. In 1955, Martin Luther King Jr. leads the Montgomery Bus Boycott. Earlier on December 5th, 1901, the founder of Disney, that's right, Walt Disney, is born. However, neither one of those moments in history amount to the stupendous, miraculous event that took place December 5th, 1986 at Long Island Jewish Hospital in Queens. That's right, your very own bad bitch host Eric was born. December 6th, 1768. The first edition of the Encyclopedia Britannica is released. This happens nearly a hundred years before the 13th Amendment is added to the U.S. Constitution, banning slavery on December 6, 1865. December 9, 1851. The first YMCA in North America opens in Montreal, Quebec. December 9th, 1934, actress Dame Judi Dench is born. Let us not forget on December 9th, 1965, with the premiere of A Charlie Brown Christmas on the telly. December 13th, 1818. Wife of President Honest Abe, Mary Todd Lincoln is born, later sharing her birthday with actor and singer Jamie Foxx in 1967 and singer Taylor Swift in, you guessed it, 1989. December 14th. 1959, 
The Motown record label is founded in Detroit, Michigan by Barry Gordy. December 15th, 1939, Gone with the Wind premieres in Atlanta. Though a deer, a female deer, was not present at the premiere, far a long, long way this movie has come. Ooh! Ha ha ha! <laughs> I'm so funny! <laughs> That was Created in History, December edition. Be sure to tune into all the Created in History episodes and all of Lifestyle of the Broken Creative Podcast episodes. <laughs> and our last clip, um, this is more of a personal fave. But it did get a lot, a lot of streams. <laughs> but this is one of my favorite pieces. This was the very first thing that I posted on the podcast. The episode is called What Pride Means to Me. So I'm going to play that in its entirety. Um, well, just like the, the actual open letter part. Um, I'll leave out all the intro and stuff but yeah this was a very emotional and empowering piece and I thought it really set the tone for what I'm trying to do with this podcast which is highlight my writing and also just like spread happiness and love I want everyone who tunes in to walk away with a smile um I want my guests to join me to laugh and smile. So yeah, let's just spread positivity. Um, let's make it contagious, as contagious as this pandemic has been. And maybe we can heal a lot more than just, you know, COVID. I don't, I don't think I can do it myself, but you know, one person can do a lot um, that that might not be the saying but it's the truth one person can accomplish a lot so share my podcast and maybe you can make other people's days bright as well but let's get into the last clip of what pride means to me uh, I hope you enjoy this as much as I do. So, here we go. What pride means to me. This sums up how powerful community and self-acceptance was in my life. Growing up, I would have to say I had no clue what pride was. I was a shy, awkward kid, misunderstood and a lot of times mistreated. I kept to myself mostly but had dreams of sharing my stories and my vision. As a Latino American, I always felt as if I never fit in. Non-Latin kids made fun of me because of my Latin family and because of our heritage. And Latin kids made fun of me because I was too gringo and I didn't speak perfect Spanish. Everyone made fun of me for my femininity and small stature. 
I never really felt comfortable until I started embracing my deep dark secret. I always knew of my attraction to men, but I never even had a word for it until middle school. And by then, I learned real quick what most people around me thought about homosexuals. Or more like fags, homos, vatos, etc. The thought of burning in hell alone can scare the gay out of any Latin Christian or any Christian. Not really, of course, but we pray on it. I know I did. For a long time, I prayed that God forgive me and rid me of these thoughts. But my first love, that changed it all. It wasn't until I met him did I experience my full true self. That was the first push that gave me this sense of, of pride. I felt like everything made sense in a moment when in reality, I still had little clue of who I was. After just meeting him, I fell in love. In love with myself. I felt a part of me that actually felt right. Though it scared me, I knew it was a huge part of my identity. That is pride. Loving you, accepting you, regardless of who else does. And without my blend of beautiful LGBTQ brothers and sisters to guide me in my queerdom, my life would be a lot different. When I think back on my youth and living through the great moments as well as the difficult ones, I see how they have shaped me. I think back on friends that came and went and the lessons they left in my heart. Forever grateful that with time, the support from my heterosexual family and friends became the icing on the cake. But regardless of anyone and everyone, I became proud of who I am. I've been called spick, immigrant, fag, homo, pato, gringo, pussy, fairy, laughed at, yelled at, threatened, harassed verbally, harassed sexually, attacked, called a woman, abused verbally by police, ridiculed by co-workers, and told this is what life is for our kind. Many people in all different work walks of my life have tried to bring me down for who I am. The truth is, most likely none of you have a clue of who I am, or for that matter, who anyone is. What you see is a fraction of a person. So that fraction, we might as well make that part loud and proud. Happy Pride, all. Love each other, but don't forget to love yourself. Yay me! <laughs> Yay me! <laughs> um, so that's the end of this episode, guys. <laughs> I'm still laughing at myself. Um, yeah, so I just wanted to make this like super simple, like let you guys hear the highlights from last season, prepare you for this season. It's gonna be a good one. I've gotten so much better, I think, at 
just producing the podcast. This episode's a little choppy, I know, but <laughs> I'm just doing this more like freestyle, not really uh, doing a scripted thing where I can like improv off of. This is strictly improvising. But yeah, so this season should be fun. I'm hoping this uh, interview that I'm lining up pans out. It's going to be another good one. So get ready um, for season two of Lifestyle of the Broken Creative Podcast. Thank you all for tuning in. For those who have been supporting me throughout season one, I love you so much. Thank you so much. Guys, you know the deal. Spread peace, love, and happiness. And always be creatively you.